There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Morning sickness. You've been deceived by an agent of Satan himself. He's evil. Sitting right here. Come on. No, no, he's not. He's not evil. He's just a bit rude. All right, we're raging against the machine there, and then all the news of rage against the machine is that that concert they rescheduled from last March for this June is now next April. Yeah. Oh man. So if you had tickets to go see Rage last year in March, you were gonna go again. This year, in a couple months, that's been moved now to next April. It's going to be pushed to 2024 when Trump's running again against Biden. So that, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what's going to happen. I'm going to redo 2020. <laughs> yep. So then they could get all their stuff out like yep. they tried to do last year. That's a good point. Toledo uh, had, what, he said 700 bucks he spent on those tickets to go last year. And they held his tickets the entire time. And he said, I, he just sold, he's like, forget it, I just asked for a refund. And the reason why is because we all know with the Johnson & Johnson, he's not going to make it to next year's show. There's no possible <laughs> way. No way. Uh, breaking news this morning, by the way, that Bernie Madoff, uh, the, the Ponzi scheme Superman, was that Enron? Was that his no. thing? No, that was the other no, guy. He was, was, he was just he a bad, the, he was the hedge fund. He was super, the guy that screwed yeah. the Mets and everything. Like, yeah, oh, he yeah. killed a ton Pierre of people. Sedwick, yeah. uh, but he's dead. Spielberg, uh, he, he died a bunch this of morning. celebrities had money. In and you found out Don LaPree, I didn't know this, the little infomercial guy we were talking about, yeah. killed himself in Florence prison. Yeah. What did he do? He, he slashed his... Slashed no, no, before his, that. What did oh, he get they, they, they arrested him at a Lifetime Fitness in Tempe uh, with self-inflicted wounds to his groin. So they How, thought he was, arrested for they, that? They thought he was trying to kill himself at the Lifetime. Oh, and then once they run, wound up getting him into jail, then he slit his wrist or he slit his throat, throat. and then, then tied his bed sheet around his neck. So he wouldn't. So they couldn't help him. Like they he was covering up all what the blood. What is loss. a self-inflicted cut to the groin? I don't. It, I don't know. They didn't really go. Into I know details. what it is. I know yeah. what it is. But I'm saying, I guess what he's is just it stabbing makes, himself in the junk and right there in front of people at Lifetime, so much so that they came and arrested him. Yeah. I, uh. Ooh. Or, yeah, they're trying to make the arrest, and there's where he was. Yeah. They said he was staying there for like two days. So I don't know what he at was the like, Lifetime. Yeah, it sounds like he was losing his mind there at the end. Like living there? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's like living at the fitness place. The one over or by the whole- KUPD, the old building? That's no, the only lifetime I know of. had been the one. I don't know where any of the others are. There and this was, was one years ago, wasn't in, it? In yeah, Central 2011. Phoenix. Well, he said Tempe, though. That's the only one. Oh, yeah. It had to be it. Right there on the. Uh, yeah. Rested June 27th at a Tempe Lifetime Fitness Center. It's a nice one. Even, yeah, it's a beautiful. Played tennis over there a couple sure, times. Sure, sure. It's lovely. <laughs> Yeah, there's I not too many there. Lifetime Fitnesses no, around. There's there got to be the one days. by the old station. Yeah, did you get to sleep in yeah. with Don and stab yourself in the balls? Every... <laughs> I don't know what I'd do if I was in a locker room and dude started stabbing Jeez, himself. I, I think I'd just and run. And I have a friend that was yeah. friends with that family. The Laprise? Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean anything. Well, she was well, a, he, he almost man, He almost yeah. got self-inflicted nuts shot still. It was that close. You think Brady's close, yeah. his Concordia? It was close. All right. Here we go. How close were you? How many degrees removed were you from having your dick cut off by Don LaPree? <laughs> Not really. Not really. You, you never was, knew him. No. You're friends with somebody who knew the family. She's you don't know anything about She's kind of a nanny to the kids. So you have, and you're friends oh, with no, her. Oh, that's pretty about, close. Yeah. 
But you never were at the Lapree house. Nope. Okay. I don't no, remember. I, don't I just remember this story the at all. I didn't I remember, remember how his, he died. I was just. I remember his voice being that SpongeBobby. Either. Making money. Everybody has a thing. You, you can get little tiny money. ads. I guess we'll just have to start over as I stab myself in the groin at Lifetime Fitness. Is that classified ads in the newspaper? It's not a man's if voice. I think I'd stab myself in the balls too and try to make them drop. Maybe the Sapphire stabbed himself in the balls. That makes just thirty. The voice you have while you stab yourself. I'm stabbing myself in the balls. Make you a fortune because the secret is learning how to take that. On the Caliendo podcast last Saturday, we accidentally stumbled across a great idea called Lil Scorsese Babies. And that's kind of what our baby Joe Pesci sounded like. You could come over here. Where you get the balls to ask me? And then, of course, uh, did you f- my Fozzie Bear? Huh? <laughs> did you f- my Fozzie Bear? Where you get the balls to ask me that? You're in your diaper. I see the stains in your diaper. Did you f- Fozzie? Yeah, I f- you Fozzie. But it's Don LaPree's voice now, I realize. <laughs> anyway, that's weird. Uh, and uh, yeah, so Bernie Madoff passes away. No one cares. The great news we said yesterday is that the news coming out about Weinstein is he's literally rotting in jail. Teeth are falling out. He can't see. His skin's sloughing off, which is great. With what we want from our prisons. Yes. But still has enough energy to find a nice air fryer. Well, that's the rumor, is that he's still shopping air fryers. <laughs> but you know what? Who knows? Maybe he's trying to put his balls in those. Maybe he's going full of brief. I don't know how rough it is. Do you have an air if fryer? They're live, if they're uh, live mic'd right. on the Zoom, and he's like, oh, his teeth are falling out. Yeah. Hey, I tell you, this air fryer is unbelievable. I like that air fryer. I don't know what he's doing with air fryers either. Do I have an air fryer? I you do, do not. You don't. How do you well, not I, have you an know, air fryer? I, I, I'm sorry. Cool. I do. What? The oh. Emerald 12 and 1. That's right. You've There's got an that. air fryer option. On <laughs> he bought that thing. <laughs> Is You're... that the one that's like a big toaster oven looking yeah. thing? Remember he no, said he... this, it's the it's a Instapot, but Emerald Lug- oh, okay. Lugosi. It's, it's Emerald signed it. It's the same garbage I fell for. Awesome. It's I, awesome. No, it's not. I bought that Margaritaville thing. <laughs> I remember seeing that at your house, yeah. It's basically like, an ice crusher. It's a, it's a blender. It's not even a good blender. Of course it is. It's With Jimmy Pops engine that can grind it's, up it's ice. It's just the loudest blender you've ever owned. It's and then when South Park you did didn't that, throw the talent on that. Did I you? threw that thing so hard up against a wall. It's ridiculous. Three hundred and eighty dollar blender. And I'm like, and the guy at the store at the Williamson. I'm like, it's Williamson Noma. I'm like, I hate Jimmy Buffett. And he goes, ah. It's oh, just I remember when brand. you got it. This I was thing thrilled was about it. Awesome. No, it wasn't awesome. You was, loved it. No, I didn't. Immediately, I'm like, it just and it's not, it Megan wasn't came blending out the, the ice. Pool like Shamu. I liked drunk. Up. <laughs> I liked being drunk. So you you used it, but I'm like, this thing sucks. It was basically taking ice and making smaller ice. There was nothing about it blending. It would break ice. You made frozen water ice. We made water ice. We made bad snow cones, and then just got blasted i didn't like the margaritaville and then i would do it as a joke and i'd be like watch this <laughs> like everybody's ah turn it off my ears it was awful but the guy was music huh? he was telling me like we can't turn it on but i mean it blends it into the smoothest and i'm like man that's awesome and that's what i need is like my blender only makes the ice kind of chunky yeah this thing it turns into toledo's blood i didn't even know what that meant at the time <laughs> and it did and it did no it was chunky not thick <laughs> immobile Cock. Toledo is full of red cock because he's got the Johnson Johnson clotters. Yeah, so that happens. But I don't know. Like, And that was kind of the, the episode of South Park that was talking about the Bernie Madoff thing, is that you're 
your your bank will take this and it'll move it 20 different directions and then they have it because that's when Kyle went in with his grandma's check and wanted to start an account. And he's like, all right, we'll just put it in this and it's gone. It's like, what? You lost all your money. He's like, well, I, how did that happen? It's like, and then he finds out how it all works. And it was basically the Ponzi scheme of how it was working at the time. So he's dead. That's a good thing. Uh, you like when the bad guys croak? Weinstein's going. And then I don't understand this other dude that all the news that keeps coming out about this uh, Matt Gates guy. How important is it to be in the public eye for some people? Like you accuse me multiple times over and over. The congressman? Or yeah, the guy that supposedly was with all those young girls and he's got some trip to Bahamas. with five. Now they're saying they got proof that he was with five girls. A couple are questionable of it, age. It started um, going downhill for him when uh, they have uh, discussions of – Early discussions, hey, I need a, a pardon before Trump Right, right. Yeah, throw me a pardon like real quick. If you're innocent, They're then coming. what are you asking for a pardon way back then? Yeah, a pardon for what? The thing you didn't do? Yeah. And so now they're saying he had these allegations he had sex with a 17-year-old girl. He paid for sex. Now they got – evidently, and I haven't seen it, and I don't want to hear from any righty, lefty, whatever, that he was two other people and he went over to the Bahamas and he's got all these young girls and things. I just even – like all I'd want to do is hide. Like this kind of stuff comes – like I don't understand. Chris D'Elia's back on the road, and I know you got to work and stuff. But that stuff just – the weight of those bad moments have – they I, I cower to them. I don't like that. I mean I'll stand up to certain things that I feel like, all right, I was right. But I don't want to be the congressman that – you're not winning this thing, especially because on his Facebook page, he would – in high school, is taking pictures. <laughs> that, did you see the one? All, he's with a bunch of teen it. girls. And he's got his thumbs up, and he's sitting next to kind of a, a group of hot teen girls, and he goes, good table. And I'm like, all right, you're not going to win. What are you doing there? It just Those look worse, yeah, right? It's terrible. You can't win. when You you just scrub it. But yeah, so if we're going off of photos. Uh, yeah, so now there's people saying that he was in this. I just don't understand how you're like still – like he's making moves like, I won't bow down. And I'm like, I get it. But if there's pictures of you on a trip in the Bahamas with five hot young girls, you're done. And you know those things. You know going in, oh, even if I am innocent, these pictures look terrible. I'm done. I would quit. What? There's no there's no pride in quitting anymore. No weekends at um, Lolita Island or whatever. Uh, well, no, that'll Express come out. Or He's whatever. kind of the new one they're after. But it's just every day I'd turn it on, I'd be like, man, if I was that guy, I would, I'd just quit. Like, I quit. I'm not dealing with this anymore. Self-inflicted groin shots. Yeah, huh? maybe a couple of self <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go and take care of this. I'm Matt Getz. Oh, he stabbed himself in the balls. <laughs> I know that voice. It's <laughs> easy. Imagine being in the locker room and that's going on. Hey, that's that Don Lupree guy from... T- what the hell's going on over there? And you can do it. <laughs> I'm stabbing myself in the nuts. Little tiny cuts. Uh, Call the cops. Don Lupree stabbing himself in the dick. And I know that that phone call to 911 started with, uh, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> you know that Don Lupree guy? Oh, yeah, little tiny ads. Yeah, well, he's got his dick out, and he's stabbing it in the Lifetime locker room here in Tempe. That's a nice Lifetime. Yeah, I know. we got to get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a spin class there later on this oh, afternoon. Oh, I do yoga there on Saturday. Well, right now, you're, you're look, haste waste, lady. we got to get people down here. Can you imagine that day too? Hey, we gotta get Lapree out of here. He's not leaving. <laughs> he doesn't go anywhere. It's Don Lapree. What's the worst that could happen? I don't know. You're right. Let him stay. Uh, Lapree stabbing himself in the dick with a shiv he made out of the locker room. By the way, <laughs> by the by, we were wrong about letting Lapree stay. He's lost it, and he shivs himself in the balls now. <laughs> and somehow or another, that some kid at Lifetime had to mop that up. Oh. Yeah, Lapree ball blood. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, and I got this from our uh, member Michael, the defacer. He's our uh, gay listener that drove all the way out to the Tom Mix Memorial yeah. and covered it up with squiggy pictures. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Still great. Uh, he said, boy, Don moving down to Tucson. Uh, you were talking about Mormons and gays and stuff. Boy, howdy, are you right about those self-righteous, holier-than-thou Mormons? My fella uh, is from Idaho, which makes Brady's Gilbert look like Sodom and Gomorrah. And after 11 <laughs> years together, it's true. I've heard that about Idaho. Uh, even after 11 years together, 60% of his sanctimonious kin actually avert their eyes away from me when I see them. They won't look at me. Baptisms, reunions, they'll turn. They'll turn. cult yeah. gatherings. Now that we live here, I'm pretty much done with visiting them. How about that? He's like the Medusa. Divert your eyes or you'll end up sucking one. <laughs> ah, I saw Michael. Ah. <laughs> what am I doing? I can't help it. Oh, God, I can't. Ah, it's just the pure vision of Michael. Lagoo. <laughs> Anyone else want wieners oh, for dinner? Oh, man, I just, I just oh, I'm jerking people off like, man, what's going on? Damn it. I looked at Michael. He's the Medusa of dicks. Will turn you to stone in the worst possible way. And then I got this one. We talked yesterday about the thing in Minnesota, and I, and we I think we had a nice, intelligent chat. I got a lot of emails yeah. of people yeah. saying, you know what, that was a middle of the road thing. It's finally it's not, and all the stuff and the riots that are definitely on the horizon. And I I'm not saying it because I'm rooting for it. Seems not relatively saying, peaceful last right night. Right now we're marching or so far. We'll yeah. see when the trial. What are you stuff rooting for it? No, I'm not rooting for any of this. <laughs> I'm, I, I just know human behavior from being alive for 48 years. This isn't a good thing. And you watch baseball teams. Yep. Last night we saw a lot of that. Aaron Hicks just walked off. What was it? The Marlins and uh, they just left the field. And I don't know what that does to the fans. I don't know I don't know how many fans were allowed in the stadium, but they went and put a Black Lives Matter t-shirt over the home plate and just didn't play. That's it? That's it. Game off. And I'm like, there's people who plan their day around that. Refund like, their money? I guess. I don't know. Um, and then a few players refused to play, and there's some teams that I think they canceled the Twins again. I'm not sure if it was the Twins or the Timberwolves, uh, but the, the games were canceled, and a couple other players just said, you know, I understand. It's their, their, their moment to say something. Uh, and we Absolutely. were saying I- – We were saying – and and, and – the Twins point. played yesterday. Did they play? Twins okay. did, yeah. I think that I, somebody didn't. Might have been know. the Timberwolves, yeah. It may have been. I don't know. But they said that they were going to cancel more stuff and just out of safety's sake. And they probably should. Um, but I, I said yesterday that, you know, from a Whitey's perspective, I don't have a fear of a police officer at all. Zero. I've had a cop put a gun on me because I had a BB gun in my center console I forgot about that looked real. And when I opened it up to get the insurance, he drew on me. Because it looked like I was going for the gun. And he was right. I still wasn't afraid that I was going to get shot. And the gun was out. It was down. But it was at, at the ready. Control the situation. Was ready the position. He was hands on the ceiling. And I'm like, ah, it's a pellet gun. I forgot it was there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because I kind of even turned my body when I yeah. saw the gun myself. And it looked like I was yeah, I was being shady. So even in my head, I was like, I got an email from a guy who goes, I'm black people just don't comply when the cops come. And I'm like, well, what we've got here is the problem, just to reiterate yesterday, is that they feel uncomfortable around the uniform of blue. And until that gets solved, and cops feel uncomfortable, that something's going to go wrong. So automatically you've got this middle tension, and I don't know how to solve that. And I'm you know, certainly above my pay grade, but we were just talking about it, that how do you get that how, – how do you fix that feeling among the inner city or black community against the police so they're comfortable? Yeah. And this guy emailed me, and this is – Probably the best description of what I'm trying to understand. He said, just want to let you know, I appreciate you trying to see both sides of the story in Minnesota, John. I'm a black guy. Uh, so this is my perspective of the best way to describe to you the way we as black people feel with the police. 
and I do not think all cops are bad, but I do get nervous. Imagine you and Brady are in his Lincoln, and you venture off into an all-black neighborhood, and the car breaks down. One black guy comes out and starts to talk to you a little bit. Feels a little harassing, but not terribly. You're uncomfortable, but you don't feel bad. Then 10 more, dressed just like him, show up and kind of surround you. They're not doing anything, but they're close. Your first thought at that moment is probably, we're in trouble. Fight or flight. Whether you're right or wrong, you feel uncomfortable. You've been trained to feel this way. And the situation can escalate without any energy. You want out of the situation, and it starts to feel that way. Now, one of them puts his hands on you. It gets weird really fast, especially when you feel like you hadn't done anything. It's an example. It's not flawless. Right. uh, But it is the difference, like, to say you don't know what it feels like, you do. And he's right. If I was in a black neighborhood, in full disclosure, I don't know where I am. I'm in a black neighborhood, and uh, let's say it's gang. It's Compton. And I've wandered off into that, and my car breaks, and I'm surrounded by dudes with nothing but blue bandanas. I'm going to be nervous. You feel, whether like, they're, you feel like a target. Whether they're there to help or not, I've come to believe through whatever source of training in my life, TV, just general experience, that I'm in trouble. And you've been told yeah. generationally, do not go there. That is the best, that's that is the the best, best way to say that's how we feel when, like, if a black guy's at the, area. at the Biltmore – and a cop pulls them over, and all of a sudden there's four more cops standing there like, I don't think I did anything. But now your behavior changes. And he's right. He said, sometimes it all works out, but I guarantee you one thing. You would be nervous. And maybe you're right to be nervous. So when you say, how do we make more people comfortable around cops? I ask, how would you do the same thing in a group of questionable black people? His words, not mine. Not all, but, uh, not all bad people. Some of them might actually be there to help, but your lack of comfort fuels the issue. That's the best. The guy's name is Jeff. Well, coming from a black guy, what's his? Does he have? He a doesn't solution? have one. He was okay. just trying. He was just trying to explain, like, because I'm like, I don't know what it feels like to be uncomfortable around the cop. Well, I do know that feeling of what it feels like to be uncomfortable around a group of people I don't know what their intentions are, and that's ex- and that's what he's saying. I'm nervous sometimes when I go by, like on the highway, and and the reason why is like I'll slow up because there's a pretty good chance that I'm over the speed limit. Sure. If I'm on on the highway, so you always, I mean, I'm always looking. I mean, I'm not afraid of. No, them. but you don't want to get a speeding ticket. And right. even when you get pulled over, but you're not scared a, of the police. Nowhere close to. But if you were in that example, like because you don't know what it's like to be afraid of the cops. Exactly. You have no feeling of what it's like to be afraid of police. None. Right. Now, be honest with yourself. You're in a neighborhood that's known for gang activity. Yeah. You're by yourself. You got your Lincoln. Right. Wide open. And then 10 yeah. dudes just show up. I'm like, what's going on? And, for and the, they're all black guys. And yeah. you, as just a, an American citizen, with the way this has worked for years, you're immediately going to be nervous. And what do you do? You just stay out. And that's not really – What do you mean? For them, you, do, you don't go to that neighborhood. Right, but you're in it. Because you're taught that way. Yeah. Right. For them – Oh, he's saying that's the solution. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see. It's the entire – You can't do it. It's not a particular right. area. It's everywhere you go. Yeah, now imagine you're in, even at the Biltmore. Yeah. And there's 10 guys with red bandanas that are standing around you, and you're kind of like, what's going on? And then one t- grabs you and goes, can we help you out? It's like, get me, get me. first off, you don't need to touch me. And now you're escalating. But That's I wonder why you- I carry sauce in the car. <laughs> but I wonder <laughs> if <laughs> everything at ease. Jordan says, that argument falls apart completely. I'll never be in one of those neighborhoods. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you never know.
You might be in a you might be in a city you don't know. It's weird, but that's a that's a you know, and that's the kind of conversations that we need to have. But what, to get this to to have an understanding, like okay, you're right. I would feel wildly uncomfortable. Maybe that's wrong of me. But not everybody's got bad intentions. But immediately, I lumped all ten of those guys he's talking about into one bad intention. Rob the white guy. But how would he feel? But I wonder how he would feel, or you know, whatever. Just hypothetically, if he got pulled over by a bunch of black cops, see, I would think, he feel see, the same? Now, I've had talks with my. Uh, I think it was Reggie. Yeah, is years the, ago. How much of it is the uniform? Right. Just yeah, in general, it's right? the blue. And that uniform. was my point. I was saying, yeah. well, what if we would have more law enforcement? That would be. Um, you have more black officers. Maybe, but I think the blue trumps the black in that community. I think, think the blue, so? I think the blue uniform. You don't think they're going to the be black. more comfortable yeah. around around a black guy than a white guy cop? Yeah, I think they'll be more comfortable. But I do too. Yeah, I don't know because even in Boys in the Hood, the main scene, John Singleton's pointed scene was: it's not white cops, it's cops. Remember the black yeah, guy that yeah, stood yeah. over Trey and said, "What set you running with? You look like one of them Crenshaw mafia motherfuckers to me." <laughs> and there was a mistake, but he pulled a gun. You know, he did that that whole scene and the whole point. John Singleton talked about later is like, "I'm not making this about race. I'm making this about comfort between the two sets." And he said, "And they're gangs. There's gangs here." And he said, "The cops were acting like gangs there." And he said, "So it's about colors." And I'm like, oh, all right. And that's the movie Colors is about yeah. the colors of the gangs, also the blue uniform. So it's that comfort factor. It's an interesting perspective. Whether he's right or wrong, I don't know. But the guy said, I live in Gilbert. You go over three miles an hour in your neighborhood, you're speeding five cop cars, you get a DUI test, five tickets when you pass the test. <laughs> and there are people who don't feel comfortable on cops who aren't black. They just had bad experiences. So I don't have any at all. In fact, I've seen the best sides of it on my ride along. I thought it was a great day. But so, yeah, so that conversation needs to be had without fear and without feeling like you're going to get canceled every time you try to talk about it because that's what's going on in the world. And I don't, I don't care anymore. So it's it, like. It, and it also compounds a little bit when, you know, if you are, you know, I talked about like uh, speeding. I'm nervous because yeah. odds are I was speeding or, you know, I'm going to get a ticket. Right. You think but I've done something you know, wrong. But what if you have right. done something wrong? That doesn't help when you get pulled over. Like, Exactly. Right. The person has a warrant out for their arrest. Well, that's and not I'm good. I'm not going back. Right. And I don't want to go back. And this guy's going to take me it back. And he's going to escalate right. quickly. It's immediate. The mistrust is the issue. So thanks, Jeff. That was a good seed. Look at that. Look at us. Race relations, Bert. You had no wow. idea. We're not going to solve anything, but at least it's an open dialogue. I feel like that's the thing that's missing. Everybody just keeps cramming their arguments together instead of having a point in the middle. But the person, um, you know, yesterday when we were talking a little bit about it, the the defunding thing, but one of the that. solutions was more training than training. Right. Well, doesn't it take money to train? <laughs> but if you want to defund them, I, that how are you that argument more training that argument gets to the point where it's just stubbornness to me. One side wants it gone, and it's just it, then it does become black and white. It's like this is over, and you can't have all that. You have to be middle somewhere. And Austin has a great one. He says, I'm white. When a black cop pulls me over, I just start acting like Randy Jackson. What's up, dog? How you doing, man? <laughs> you doing all right, dog? This is a nice day. I don't think I've ever been pulled over by a black cop. You never yeah, got I pulled haven't. over by that, that highway patrolman back in 
like high school days on the sixty that would like chew your ass. I never drove on the sixty. Oh man, that I guy lived close was enough to the school. Really? Yeah, I never got. He would one. like the legend was like he uh, would literally start chewing your ass, and you could see like you drive by and you see him chewing ass on the side of the he's road, barking like, at pointing. the kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. What were you doing he on the sixty to that. get to Dobson? No, no, that's when I lived in Gilbert. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I was in high school yeah, in Gilbert. I gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Wonder if that was the same guy that was. Well, we could make this go away. <laughs> oh, that yeah, that one guy. That was a few years ago, and he's like, "Well, just dub me." He looked at Michael. He's like, "You know what? I think what needs to happen here is put this in your mouth." And, uh, that cop had like thirty people come out and see, and then the, he had a camera on. He was trying to get one of them to blow him to get out of a ticket. And that's that's looks not, like we have a situation yeah, here. Hello, I don't know what's going on here. I'm looking at a situation right now. What you need to do is be quiet right now, and I have a perfect solution. Let me gag you. Little lady? Yeah. So that, that's just a bad person. So an open dialogue. Thank you, Jeff. That's a good letter. I appreciate that. And not just angry for no reason. Uh, Craig says, as someone who's been poor, I've been screwed with by cops repeatedly. I'm always afraid of them. I've been arrested just because the cop was mad, and he admitted he could have let me go. I never tried to run. I never fought, and I'm still alive. I'm in a better place financially, but you do not know how much this is a class issue. Very true. I mean – Watching the uh, Craig's really white. The live PD. Oh, I love that show. Just the too. disrespect on right. police officers. But again, in that general, comes from the idea. It does, of the, and it's either side. It's just such. There's too many walls have been built up on either side. Here's what I'll tell you. I'm surprised more women between the age of 30 and 45 aren't knocked around by the cops because live PD taught me one thing: if you pull a woman over especially in Florida, between 30 and 45, she is going to give you more attitude than you can handle. They were in the South. Awful to the police. Just awful. And those cops kept it together. I'm like, I don't know how. Everybody, you know, Megan would say, I don't know how he's not punching her. Like, she's just berating him and calling him horrible names. White women getting pulled over. That's where the camera helps the situation, too, a little bit. Just surprised they're not getting popped. It's crazy. Anyway, just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was a, a poignant letter that actually did make me think, like, you know what? That makes some sense. That adds up. Because I would be uncomfortable in that situation. It's fish out of water stuff. Like, oh, no. I know. How this, I've seen enough to know that this could be dangerous. So the minute you think something's dangerous, you start behaving poorly. It's why that scene in Vacation is so funny. Holmes? Yeah. Excuse me, Holmes? <laughs> And you just assume the dude giving you to get like, back on yeah, the yeah, lift your mama, yeah, <laughs> yeah, roll them up, roll them up. They knew they were, them up. they but, shouldn't have been there. But honky lips, yeah, honky lips <laughs> on the back of the curtain. For some reason, stole hubcaps. I wonder if they know the Commodores, <laughs> <laughs> right? See, that was actually a very poignant scene yeah. about how things. Excuse are. me, Holmes. <laughs> Pardon me, Holmes. <laughs> Speaks their language. There you go. That's uh, you know, Madoff dead. lapree has been dead for ten years now. Little celebration of that. Now, a little uh, a smart, heady chat. we got Rock Wars coming up in just moments. It's 98 KUPD. Arizona's most powerful rock radio station. He said fully erect. 98 KUPD.